This episode of Internet Today is sponsored by Purple. By now, you've obviously heard about how within days, the Taliban has completely taken control of Afghanistan. And we're sure that if you're active online at all, you've seen this news devolve into yet another extremely partisan argument that people can post about in order to show exactly where they stand on this extremely complicated geopolitical event based on whichever side of the very domestic political spectrum they're on. All while the lives of thousands are literally hanging in the balance, resulting in plenty of shocking images and footage that has been playing ad nauseum on TV news and online. Yeah, so there's a very odd, like, who's right and who's wrong play happening between people in America right now. It's not surprising that this has happened, but it, it is a bit strange that the war on, a, war on terror, war in Afghanistan, whatever, that the U.S. has been fighting for 20 years has so quickly divided people when pulling troops out of the region and effectively ending the war has been one of the few things that's been, uh, has seen bipartisan support over the last decade or so, with around 70% of Americans agreeing that the war should be ended. It was even uh, on the Republican platform website, although it, if you check right now, it's something, it's not there anymore, it's yeah, weird. Yeah, there's a couple things that have been removed from the GOP platform. That's weird, like they ran this. on this as part of their platform. Donald Trump negotiated the original uh, pullout plan. Yeah. And now it's, it's- The first pullout plan he's ever initiated. It's as, it's as if none of that ever happened. Yeah, th look, uh, well, this has been going on since Bush actually got us into the, the war. We'll be time. done in three weeks. I don't uh, know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, specifically, I remember like the 2008 election. It was a lot of people running on, mm, we should probably get out of this, huh? Never ending wars, all that. That was a long time ago. Yeah. And obviously, every election cycle since then, uh, it's become more and more popular on both sides of the political well, spectrum. 2008 was more about Iraq. Yeah. yeah. yeah At yeah. that point, they were like, let's, let's pull out of Iraq so we can focus on Afghanistan. Because at that point, Osama bin Laden was still on the loose. Yeah. But oh. then we got him. And then it's like, all right, so mission accomplished? No. no. We stay here another 10 years. Uh, but now everyone's pointing fingers at each other and the political map of how you should respond based on what party you belong to is all flipped and crumpled. And it's honestly confusing to see Republicans angry that we pulled out when they fully supported the troop withdrawal that Donald Trump set the date for. And it's just as odd seeing liberals demanding that we should have now stayed there considering they've been publicly against this ongoing conflict since the Bush era. Uh, me personally, uh, this is way the fuck out of my league as far as knowing what the hell to say or what to do or how to fix it. And uh, it's most likely out of the league of you and everyone that you see posting about it. But I'm, I'm sure that the people of Afghanistan absolutely don't give a shit about what you posted on your Instagram story, regardless of where you stand. And for the record, yeah, I personally, I thought we should end this war. Uh, it's been happening for a very long time. I, I went to high school with people who have fought in Iraq and Afghanistan, and this War on terror and war on in Afghanistan has cost the U.S. trillions of dollars. It's we're gonna be we took out loans for these wars that the U.S. is gonna be paying off for the next century. As I've heard or you've heard, I'm sure before, with all of the coverage of this, people have fought in the same war that their children are now fighting in. Yeah, it's been happening for 20 years, but it's also hard to see the repercussions of our withdrawal play out so rapidly. And images of military aircraft packed with people fleeing their country posted above or below videos of the Taliban riding around in bumper cars with AK-47s. It is legitimately breaking my brain. I love that shit. So I'll admit again that, uh, shocker, I, a person on YouTube whose original show is dissecting celebrity interviews, have no fucking clue what the hell should happen in Afghanistan. Uh, I just know that we probably shouldn't be there forever. Yeah, no, my, my take is that it's good that we're pulling out. Yeah. And uh, that's it. It's yeah. good. We should have never been there in the first, well, 
after bin Laden, at the very least, we should have never fucking been there. The, the Taliban offered to George Bush in October 2001, hey, just give, give us the evidence you have that he actually did the 9-11, and we'll give you the guy. Yeah. How's that work? He's like, no, we're going we're gonna to go to war. We're going to send the entire fucking armed forces over to Afghanistan. So, yeah, I'm glad we're leaving. This is the only good thing that Joe Biden's done. I think it's fucking cool as hell, and I love how his press secretary is just like, oh, you're worried about going to Taj- the We don't have uh, troops on the border of Tajikistan? Oh, no. Yeah, uh, I, we will get to his uh, statements about this, but it was actually a breath of fresh air. Uh, yeah, no. seeing the way that he talked I about think it. it's great. I mean, there's a lot of sad shit happening, but leaving Afghanistan is good, and I uh, don't feel bad about saying that. Yeah, it, like I said, I, it, I, it sucks seeing the images of things that are happening there, but I, it, I'm also completely unable to come up with a solution that works for the people of Afghanistan without... If you, if you spend 20 years, 20 years occupying a country and uh, shit returns to just the way it was within before days. you showed up, within three days, yeah. um, sounds like you wasted all your fucking time. And it sounds like everyone who died there died for nothing. I'm and, sorry, uh, but that's... They also left that's a bunch of military equipment and weapons, and uh, that seems to have just been commandeered almost instantly. Yeah. But look, at the very least, we can provide you with some information of what has happened so far and what led up to everything that you've been seeing on the news. So, I mean, at least you could be up to speed on things because this is very important world news that everyone around you is going to be talking about. So how far are we going to go back here? Uh, 1800s, 1911. 1880? 1980? 1979. And there's a lot to cover. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe if the people who started this war knew a little bit more background, they would have known not to ever launch a land war in Asia. But yeah. there's a lot to cover. For the sake of the length of this video, we're just going to focus on the last couple of years leading into the past week. So towards the end of the Trump administration in late February of 2020, right around the time the U.S. was about to fall face first into a pandemic, which would go on to justifiably dominate the entire news cycle, Donald Trump negotiated a deal with the Taliban that would guarantee U.S. troop withdrawal just over a year later in May of 2021. That's this year. Yeah. And uh, they started moving forward on this effort just a few days after the U.S. election, announcing that he would reduce troop levels in January, which his administration ended up following through on. So this plan of withdrawal from Afghanistan and the deal with the Taliban leaders that was agreed upon during that time uh, essentially stated that the Taliban would not harbor terrorists that would attack the United States and that the Taliban would negotiate with the Afghan government. When Biden took office, the pledge to completely withdraw was now up in the air, especially considering that Biden had campaigned on keeping a small amount of troops deployed in the region. Uh, This would have gone against the deal that Trump made with the Taliban, which uh, gave the U.S. a hard out by spring of 2021. Yeah. um, That didn't happen, obviously. Biden campaigned on, when small means like a couple thousand. Yeah. uh, Campaigned on uh, keeping a small presence in the region uh, for for counterterrorism purposes. Uh, So... When he was elected and uh, put into office, it was like, oh, well, what's going on with this withdrawal? Yeah. Um, Biden ended up missing the actual deadline for withdrawal, but he did announce before the May 1st deadline that his administration would, quote, withdraw all American troops from Afghanistan over the coming months, completing the military exit by the 20th anniversary of 9-11, attacks that drew the United States into its longest war. On May 1st of this year and in the months that followed, the U.S. military was slowly but surely pulled out of the region. And at each step of the way, the Taliban moved in and started to take over more areas of that country. The military would leave, the Taliban would take over. And despite this, the withdrawal continued. What seemed to be the most pivotal moment in this withdrawal happened on July 2nd when the U.S. vacated the Bagram airfield north of Kabul. Uh, Here's from the Washington Post. 
The move marked a major step in the drawdown as the base, which once housed tens of thousands of U.S. troops at the height of the war, was handed over to Afghan forces. But the handoff was less than graceful. Afghan officials said the United States left without telling them, turning off the electricity and departing in the dead of night. See ya! The Pentagon said it had coordinated with high-level Afghan officials. And, uh, yeah, there's a pattern here that uh, the people we put in charge of uh, running this country after us uh, kind of like really corrupt and just bad at like running anything. Yeah. So well, and and it's also the <laughs> there's the people who the the U.S. military was training and giving funding to and and all of that. Uh, when the U.S. pulls out, it's like okay, well. We're not getting paid anymore. Yeah, right? they are only doing this because they're getting paid. Yeah, I, I needed to survive. So Afghanistan yeah. is not a country by the definition most of us have for what a country is. Afghanistan is basically a bunch. It's it's a, a line of borders that encloses a thing called Afghanistan. That's actually just a collection of hundreds of tribes that have no national identity whatsoever. Yeah. So so when the Taliban comes in, it is like um, you could fight us. Yeah. Or uh, if you don't, you know, you can, we'll let you live yeah. and you can have your lives. Or uh, if you do try to fight us, we're just going to murder you and your families and probably torture you. Or you can just join us right now and yeah, we'll, yeah. Be gro- we'll be good. So like, in that situation, okay. <laughs> in that situation, a citizen of Afghanistan or whatever you want to call it would obviously be like, well, I don't want to fucking die and have my children tortured. Yeah. Also, what the fuck is Afghanistan? Exa- yeah. Like, yeah. We like they talk about like nation building, but we were literally trying to build a nation mm-hmm. out of just a bunch of parts, and it takes a little longer than a couple of years. <laughs> anyway, yeah. throughout the month of July, the troop withdrawals continued, and once again, the Taliban took advantage of this as fast as they could, adding pressure to the Biden administration to potentially rethink their plan. But he remained steadfast in his approach, stating that he quote would not send another generation of Americans to war. Yeah. Adding that the prospect of, quote, the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country was highly unlikely. Okay. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yikes. Um, you know, you can't win them all, Joe. But, uh, yeah, comically wrong. Yeah. What the fuck? Very misjudged. There's also a, another quote, which we're going to bring up very shortly, uh, where it's like the ultimate foot in mouth. Um, basically predicting the future, but saying it won't happen. To a T. Oh, my God. Um, Now, early August is when things really, really started accelerating because while the Taliban had mainly been successful at gaining control in more rural areas of the country, they hadn't yet attempted to take over control of a major city. By August 6th, they'd done just that, and nearly every day since had resulted in the Taliban taking control of other large cities and provinces. On August 10th, Biden doubled down on the withdrawal, stating that he doesn't regret his decision to initiate full withdrawal. This was after the country had seen the repercussions for the withdrawal, and this quote from the Washington Post really drives home uh, how bad the predictions of how this would play out uh, ended up being. Quote, U.S. intelligence officials who had initially warned that Kabul could fall within six to 12 months after the U.S. departure said the capital could now fall in as soon as a month. Kabul would fall in less than a week. Sounds like our intelligence community isn't so intelligent. Hmm. I don't know. It's funny. Like, maybe maybe it's hindsight 2020, but I've seen all sorts of troops, regardless of, like, where they fall politically, who are just like, yeah, like, without us, the Afghan, the official Afghan government, like, they're fucked. They have, they're terrible at this. Yeah. They're going to lose. So maybe them, that's just them being like, I was right about this. But it, it seems like anyone paying attention could have predicted that uh, the Taliban was just going to roll <laughs> over 
No, it's not everyone. like we were going to leave and then everyone's yeah. going to dust their hands and say, well, peace in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, it happened. Anyway, late last week, it was really looking like the Taliban were going to attempt to seize control of Kabul, the country's capital, and this resulted in a surge of troops headed to the capital in order to evacuate U.S. allies before the city fell into the hands of the Taliban, which then resulted in the following image showing a helicopter evacuating people from an embassy in Kabul, which, of course, looks exactly like the image of a helicopter evacuating people from Vietnam during the fall of Saigon, which is something that President Biden was extremely specific in saying just weeks earlier wouldn't happen. Uh, yeah, that has to be one of the worst examples of putting your foot in your mouth ever. Uh, here's that clip. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. Uh, yeah, and like we said in the quote earlier, as you're all aware by now, the Taliban, they took control of Kabul over the weekend. Uh, the Afghan president left. See ya. Uh, the government collapsed. Bye. Yeah, all and their top generals who are basically warlords. They just took their gold bars and went over to like Dubai or wherever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like when Tom sold MySpace. We're out of here. I'm going to go take some pictures. Uh, back to the Vietnam helicopter thing. Yeah. Like, it's insane to me that that's still seen as something shameful when like the Vietnam War was also a giant waste of yeah. human life and money and resources. Like it was good that we left Vietnam. That's another where we should have left yeah. a lot sooner. Yes. And you just look at how Vietnam's done since we left. They're doing pretty good. I mean, not as much lately with the COVID, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting that like everyone I think agrees that Vietnam was stupid fucking war but it's yeah. still just this thing we're just like oh we're quitting this war just like we quit vietnam yeah i, I miss when men were men <laughs> yeah um like i said there's uh there's no shortage of uh very aggressive yelling going on but uh yeah in the days that have followed we've seen footage and images that are shocking horrifying and there's also lots of just plain odd imagery like the previously mentioned uh, Taliban fighters driving around in bumper cars. Hey, they earned that. Uh, <laughs> they did take the amusement park by force. So, yes, they can uh, they have a little fun. There's also uh, footage of them being just fascinated by modern gym equipment. Yeah, this, this is, uh, it, it's so cool seeing all these guys doing like 20 different exercises, all completely wrong. Yeah. Like, they're just mystified by this. They're, uh, there's a guy on a stair stepper riding it backwards. I think that's the funniest thing. Wait till I show him the video of Stanley doing the Stanley Nichols cryptocurrency. <laughs> they're going to freak out. They are. Uh, and then there's, of course, obviously, uh, photos and videos of them driving around in military vehicles, courtesy of the U.S. government. They, they won those vehicles fair and square. <laughs> yeah. let, them, let them have them. Yeah. Um, um, and in the midst of all this, seeing no shortage of... Uh, takes and memes from a generation of people who weren't even alive when the war start started. Uh, it has been surreal watching everything play out online, uh, specifically like TikTok, Reddit, and uh, and Twitter. It's just like accounts where you know that they're being run by like a 20-year-old yeah. or something, just having like the spiciest takes on the war in Afghanistan. I mean... It's a good coping mechanism for reality. It Just, just the fact that a 20-year-old is it is talking about a war that's been going on uh, since they were a infant? Yeah. Is that's a pretty big condemnation of the war that they're talking about? The, in the best one is the uh, uh, the George Bush like partying uh, where it's just like where everyone's trying to pay, place the blame on Biden 
or Trump, and meanwhile George Bush is just like dancing. Oh, when he was in Africa doing the dance. There's a I can't remember what it's a close up of his face. I don't see what's going on in the background. I think yeah, he loved to dance. There's also like the I just want to paint, goddammit, and it's like him painting. Yeah. Meanwhile, the war in Afghanistan is. It is weird to me that Bush and Dick Dick Cheney have managed to avoid much of the discourse in this past week when the blame falls squarely on their shoulders for all of this, I, I think. I think people, like I keep forgetting Dick Cheney's alive. Uh, and then also <laughs> like, I mean, George Bush has done obviously a horrible person, terrible warmonger, bad president, has done a pretty successful job at yeah. uh, rebuilding. He must have hired some like insane like reputation management firm yeah just dude just get into painting you'll see like you'll seem completely harmless yeah give lovable give michelle obama a piece of candy at a funeral you see they put their differences behind them and he gives her candy hey his daughter you should make friends with ellen uh, his daughter is a host of the fucking today show on a daily basis jenna bush is oh fuck she's one of the main people on the today show and his nephew billy bush well, he's, he's not, not in the He's not doing anymore. much anymore. Yeah, I think he has a podcast now or something. He, uh, Bush's grand, or nephew, uh, I think it's Jeb's son? I don't know. One of the, the youngest member of the Bush dynasty trying to get into politics hmm. is his whole thing is he's like, I'm the only Bush that Trump doesn't hate. He, he went like full on Trump train. Jesus so Christ. He's like, it's like, yeah, my uncle and my dad, they hate, uh, they hate Trump, but not me. I love Trump, so I'm the good Bush. And it just might work. Uh, you, yes, it might. Uh, now, for his part, Biden has straight up owned this, which is, at the very least, very refreshing to see. Uh, yeah. He stood his ground, and he told the American people exactly why he did this. He took responsibility for the troop withdrawal, regardless of whether your perception of it is good or bad. Uh, and he gave plenty of reasons why this is a good thing. He's looking at this the exact right way, which is that, this is pulling off the band-aid, and it was always going to fucking sting. Yeah. But that wound is festering. We need to get that band-aid off. Yeah. So, like I said, it was actually watching this speech was just like, yeah, cool. Like, it, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, anyways. I am a proud Biden voter <laughs> temporarily. Temporarily. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, here's uh, here's what some of what he said during the speech. You, of course, down below you can see. Let me go line. grab uh, my jar of marbles so I can do this Joe Biden quote. Uh, if you read the actual, <laughs> like, direct transcript that the White House put, it, put out, right, right, they, right, they right, put right. it in there with the mistakes and yeah, crossed they, out for historical to. accuracy. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. Yeah, he, he's bad at talking. Yeah. But anyways, here's some, here's some selects from that speech. <laughs> As I said in April, the United States did what we went to do in Afghanistan to get the terrorists who attacked us on 9-11 and to deliver justice to Osama bin Laden and to degrade the terrorist threat to keep Afghanistan from becoming a base from which attacks could be continued against the United States. We achieved those objectives. That's why we went. We did not go to Afghanistan to nation build. And it's the right and the responsibility of the Afghan people alone to decide their future and how they want to run their country. When I made the decision to end the US military involvement in Afghanistan, I judged that it was not in the national interest of the United States of America to continue fighting this war indefinitely. I made the decision with clear eyes, and I am briefed daily on the battlefield updates. But for those who have argued that we should stay just six more months, or just one more year, I asked them to consider the lessons of recent history. In 2011, the NATO allies and partners agreed we would end our combat mission in 2014. In 2014, some argued one more year. So we kept fighting, and we kept taking casualties. In 2015, the same, and on and on. 
Nearly 20 years of experience has shown us that the current security situation only confirms that just one more year of fighting in Afghanistan is not a solution, but a recipe for being there indefinitely. Yeah, he continued, the status quo was not an option. Staying would have meant U.S. troops taking casualties. American men and women back in the middle of a civil war. And we would have run the risk of having to send more troops back to Afghanistan to defend our remaining troops. Once that agreement with the Taliban had been made, staying with a bare minimum force was no longer possible. So let me ask those who wanted us to stay. How many more? How many thousands more of America's daughters and sons are you willing to risk? How long would you have them stay? Already, we have members of our military whose parents fought in Afghanistan 20 years ago. Would you send their children and their grandchildren as well? Would you send your own son or daughter? After 20 years, a trillion dollars spent training and equipping hundreds of thousands of Afghan national security and defense forces, 2,448 Americans killed, 20,722 more wounded, and untold thousands coming home with unseen trauma to their mental health. I will not send another generation of Americans to war in Afghanistan with no reasonable expectation of achieving a different outcome. It's up to Afghans to make the decision about the future of their country. And he's not wrong. Yeah, I was just thinking about like, with regards to mostly to Iraq, but also Afghanistan, like I, we were in fucking high school, but even as like a teenager, like my biggest question, I was like, okay, like what's, this seems like something you, you what's the goal here? What's the end game to these wars? Like when have we won? Yeah. And no one could fucking answer this for me. It was maddening. I was like, well, if there's no like victory conditions, as a gamer, that's how I think about things. <laughs> yeah. If there's no victory conditions, then it's just going to go on forever. You're like, no, we'll be out of here in well, six months to a year. Complete opposite uh, uh, experience growing up in Florida with a very conservative family. I mean, I was it surrounded was, by fucking psychos in Orange yeah, County, yeah, California yeah. as well. I yeah. was, but I was a contrarian little shithead. <laughs> it worked yeah. out for me on this one. Yeah, everyone around me in Florida, the general consensus was, uh, we're going to go there and destroy everyone for what they did to those damn towers yeah. and all our people. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and it's it's interesting. Like, there's uh, a lot of the people who uh, would have probably said at some point in their lives, like, why don't we just nuke them, mm -hmm. are now suddenly concerned about uh, yeah. the fate of the poor Afghan people that we're leaving behind. And also are getting really mad at the idea that we might actually bring some of these people over to live with us because their lives are in danger there. Like, whoa, hold on a yeah, second. Yeah, whoa, 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 buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, oh, God, it's all very, very frustrating. Um, but yeah, uh, we, as always, have just a plethora of links to articles and sources. Uh, and uh, if you want to know more, there's plenty of links down there. Uh, and also, we have a link to the full remarks from the president in the description. So check all of those out. But uh, anyways, uh, we're not really the best at transitioning from stories like this into other news or ad reads, but then this again, this episode is sponsored by Raytheon. <laughs> uh, then again, I was I was watching my lo my local news this morning, and they went straight from a story about a massive, massive data breach directly into a segment about a new flavor of Girl Scout cookies. So we are not alone in awkwardly pivoting between things. Uh, it, I'm sure we'll cover it on Tech News Day, but uh, well, if that news has you sour, here's some news that's a little more sweet. Yes, it's Girl Scout cookie time. Uh, you, it, with local news. You would assume that's how it went, yeah. but it was literally just a very cold story about this massive data leak uh, with a mobile character carrier, and then and then and then it pans to the guy, and he just goes, "New Girl Scout cookies a, just that's dropped." That's exactly how it went. <laughs> I, I wish I had a way to like record it or something, but that's exactly how it went. I love it. Um, so, anyways, let's just do an ad read. Uh, are you having trouble sleeping? Yeah, we know everyone is. Have you seen the news? Have you felt the temperatures? Have you been able to get comfortable at all it's, recently? It's too hot right now. 
Uh, hopefully there's some good news for you out there. Today's sponsor is Purple, and they are here to help. Only Purple mattresses have the grid. Its unique ventilated design allows air to flow through to help you sleep cool, even when it's like a thousand degrees out. Sleep cool. Mm -hmm. The grid is amazingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips, no matter how you sleep. Unlike memory foam, which remembers everything, the grid bounces back as you move and shift, so you never get that I'm stuck feeling that you do with memory foam. We've got some experience with the grid because of the purple pillow that they sent us, and uh, they've been sponsoring us so long that they actually they sent us two, and my wife was very happy to finally have her own purple pillow because I was, uh, I, she already had a, a decent pillow and I got the purple pillow. I was like, no, this is, this is mine. This is my pillow. And if <laughs> you want I gave mine to my wife. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we live in different homes, uh, clearly. <laughs> but now, you, do you have your own now? Uh, I, I do take it more frequently because it's very hot in the summertime and uh, I am a very hot sleeper and she is not. Yeah. So I've been stealing it more and more. But like I said, it was so good that we, I, I lost my initial one <laughs> uh, because I took it with me to a hotel that I was thinking, yeah, like a it's, local. Just it's so good, you'll take it with you on vacation. And then, but you have to remember to bring it back because yeah. I did not. And now someone else. Well, is congrats to on. that hotel. Yeah. Anyway, try your purple mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns. Financing is available too. Purple is comfort reinvented. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash todaydaily10 and use promo code todaydaily10. That is purple.com slash todaydaily10, promo code todaydaily10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash todaydaily10, promo code todaydaily10. Terms apply. All right, back into the news now. And uh, oops, it's all bad news. Um, it's Keep gonna... happening. I don't know what's going on, but who's uh, who's putting the news in the in the news box down to the news factory? Those damn aliens bumped into the bad news switch, and it's been Jeez. on for too long. <laughs> Jeez! Uh, all right, this next one has has a it has a positive ending, I guess. I mean, the girl doesn't die, so that's good. Uh, video has gone viral uh, this week, and it shows an employee for a local Utah zoo, which I've seen described as a petting zoo which also makes me nervous about this zoo in general. Mm -hmm. But uh, she's giving a presentation alongside a live alligator. And then, wouldn't you know it, that alligator, that reptile, that beast, bites this woman and then just drags her into the pool with the alligator and starts doing that death spin. Oh, you don't want to get in that death spin. Uh, we, I wish I could show the video. We can't because it was bought and licensed by one of those companies who specifically... Viral hog! <laughs> like, yeah, they go specifically go after YouTubers yeah. and everyone else for re-showing it, but uh, it is linked below. I'll show still images. Also, it's a very violent encounter, so I don't know if you want to watch it. But luckily, a bystander who could have just walked away uh, jumps in and helps the woman, uh, jumps on top of the alligator, and is like, hey, yeah. knock it off. Uh, eventually gets the alligator to let go, but then uh, he's stuck in there with the gator, and it's just him and the gator. Uh, luckily, the gator's like, all right, well, I guess attacking people isn't really worth it. I'm kind of tired. I used all of my en energy for that initial death spin. What so. you got to do, you got you to gouge his eyeball out. Well, I think luckily for the gator, who was almost certainly taken to this zoo uh, without its own consent, uh, didn't get its eyeball gouged yeah. out for simply acting like an animal. I but, mean, uh, listen, the gator can't tell his side of the story, but this is an alligator living in Utah. Yeah. You'd be a little mad, too. <laughs> I, I, I agree. If you are ever in a situation where you're on top of an alligator and you don't want to die... Say, I'll, just, I'll bring you back to Florida. You just hold its, you hold its mouth down or shut yeah. like this. It's yeah. All the force goes into closing, not opening. Um, also, if you're being chased by an alligator, run in a zigzag pattern. And if you don't want to get stung by a stingray at the beach, you got to shuffle your feet. It's called the stingray shuffle. Everyone in Florida learns it when they're a kid. 
Anyways, uh, what's most striking about this video when you do go down and watch it is uh, there's obviously a bunch of kids around. This is a fucking like little a zoo for little mm -hmm. kids to learn about shit. They're all standing around. This happens, and none of them really react. They're all just like, huh, wow, that alligator's really getting I mean, a piece of these it. kids were raised on Marvel movies, like, oh, good, let's get attacked. Finally, some action. Who cares? Yeah, the uh, the complete lack of response from the children is, is very striking. They're just kind of just watching this whole thing unfold. But as we said earlier, the woman is fine, uh, meaning she's not dead. But her aunt, her aunt is fucked up, uh, and apparently is going to require a little bit of work to get back to normal. Um, I, I'm not sure this story's over with, because... Her social media posts about being fine, they really kind of uh, echo the uh, conversations that we heard during the Tiger King documentary with the people that worked at that. Yeah, she's uh, fine. <laughs> I just love my job. The person with, like, no arm because the yeah. tiger bit it off. Yeah, that was some Stockholm Syndrome stuff happening there. Uh -huh. Anyway, so that was the good news this week. <laughs> the woman uh, who was almost killed by a giant living dinosaur, didn't die. Yeah. So, Thumbs up. There's your John Krasinski moment. <laughs> but let's move on, because uh, if the implications made in this next story are true, then it's another case of horrific things done to internet creators for simply existing. Uh, so there's no shortage of drama or controversy surrounding Twitch streamer Amaranth. Is that how you say it? I think so. Amuron? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we, we cover uh, a bit just over a month ago regarding the various uh, metas that streamers were latching onto in order to not only grab valuable eyeballs, but also test the limits of Twitch's community guidelines. Uh, we also mentioned her a while back. She was one of the plaintiffs in that, uh, that lawsuit. Yeah, the that, guy who jerked off too hard. The guy who kept jerking off and, and wanted... Broke to, his computer. Yeah. Uh, his jizz fired straight through the monitor. He listed Amaranth as one of his uh, streamers that he wanted banned. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, yeah, I think we, the last time we talked about her, she was <laughs> farting into a microphone or something. Yeah. Just. It was ASMR, Elliot. It's an acquired taste, okay? Well, anyway, regardless. No amount of hot tubbing or mic farting should result in someone being threatened online or in person, and people definitely shouldn't have to live in fear for their lives or their property just for being popular on Twitch, or for any reason. Mm -hmm. But it's looking like someone might have targeted Amaranth, resulting in apparent arson. Yeah. Uh, here's her tweets about it. Yesterday late in the evening, there was a fire along the side of my home originating from the area where my trash can is kept. The cause of the fire has not yet been determined, but investigators strongly suspect arson. They're reviewing surveillance footage, neighbor surveillance footage, and possibly other videos adjacent to the area to try and catch the potential suspect. This is not the first time something like this has happened. In 2020, someone tried to shoot fireworks at my house under the guise of July 4th festivities. Said person was intercepted before he could actually do the act, caught red-handed though, and arrested. I also get the garden variety of swatting on a weekly basis, but have a good working relationship with the local law enforcement. If you're a streamer, I cannot stress this enough. Be proactive, talk to them. They won't understand, but having your location flagged can mean all the difference in a tense standoff type situation. Literal life and death. And look, you can say that this is like, I don't want, it would be bad for people to say that this was an attention seeking thing, but people online do say that. Oh but yeah, no, everyone's just like, oh, this is the new meta, uh, fake arson allegations. It's like, the, yeah, the thing uh, is, this isn't unprecedented. By any means. Uh, I mean, literally, like, Meg Turney and uh, Gavin, the slow-mo guy, had someone in their house ready to murder them. Yeah, and they like, hid in a closet. And yeah, they, they almost fucking died. Yeah. So, uh, I don't want to bring up too many specifics, but yeah, this is not unprecedented. People have died as a result of swatting. 
uh, online personalities have been killed uh, or had their homes broken into by people. Um, it's scary stuff. So yeah. it's not especially like this doesn't happen. Especially for women. Yes. Um, unless you're <laughs> unless you're Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> that photo of Boogie with a gun. It's really something. Get out of my house. Yeah. Give me two hours in Afghanistan. I'll have this problem solved. Uh, but yeah, uh, that that fucking sucks. I hope whoever did that uh, gets caught because that shit's scary. There's mm-hmm. a lot of crazy people out there, and especially if you're a woman streaming online. Like, I would be terrified all the time. Yeah. Anyway, finally today, the real heads know. <laughs> We're digging deep with this one. This is a, <laughs> this is a callback to something we talked about not only just on the old channel, but like. Six years ago, but it, not just that. Not just something we talked about or covered, uh, because it, it was became a bit news. of a meme. Yeah, for but us. yeah, the the man became a meme. His reaction to everything throughout the mm. uh, whole documentary was so. Yeah, Robert Durst is Robert Durst alive? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> but he is still on trial. Uh, I assumed that he was dead. I could completely forgotten. I about check this. it. But I I remember him every couple months. And I check in on. It. It's like nope, still. His reaction or his one of his conversation like little things became Blah. yeah a Blah. recurring joke that not that but like the show yeah that like for years that is people have disconnected Robert Durst from sure so much that it, it it exists only as a meme from this show if yeah, you watch that, the show that handwriting does look a lot like my handwriting hmm. <laughs> 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 you did it Robert <laughs> you killed them all <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Robert Durst came back into the spotlight a few years back, in 2015 to be exact. Okay, so six years. I was yeah. right. When HBO debuted a documentary series about him and some uh, pretty suspicious killings that surrounded him, which he almost definitely did, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, so that documentary resulted in the arrest of Robert Durst, like right after the final episode. They're like, yeah, we should probably arrest him. Right? <laughs> this guy's going to run. And he, uh, according to the trial, Seems like this guy did. definitely did that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, on the final episode of the documentary series, he was caught. They literally caught him on a hot mic. In the bathroom. Like, in a, in a break between shooting segments. Yeah. He, he left his mic on and went in the bathroom and just basically, like, under his breath, admitted to these murders that he's accused of. Um, so his trial was originally supposed to begin in March of 2020, but pandemic. So it's only now getting off the ground. Uh, anyways, in shocking new testimony from Durst, he says that he really regrets participating in that damn documentary. <laughs> you think? Uh, here's here's the rap. And I would have gotten away with it, yeah. too, if it wasn't for this damn documentary. Did I uh, kind of ruin everything by going into the documentary? Sure. 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 But, uh, uh, anyways, yeah, from, here's from the rap. Robert Durst, during testimony in his murder trial on Tuesday, called his decision to appear on the 2015 HBO series The Jinx a very, very, very big mistake. <laughs> Uh, in the sixth episode of the series, Durst was famously recorded saying, what the hell did I do? Killed them all, of course. <laughs> Durst said on Tuesday that he said that in reaction to the evidence that he had written the note to police that alerted them to Susan Berman's body. He tried to explain what he meant when he said that, saying, what I did not say out loud, or perhaps I said very softly, is they'll all think I killed them all, of course. There you go. That doesn't say die, Bart, die. It says <laughs> the B, Bart B, the... Bart B. It's German. Uh, the real estate heir said that he subscribed to HBO specifically to watch the series when it aired. I'm going to come out of this looking so good. 
I put some popcorn in the microwave. Will someone grab it? I just can't wait to watch myself on the big old TV. Oh, my God. Um, after the fifth episode aired, uh, Durst said that he fled to New Orleans and brought a gun with him. Uh, quote, I was going to shoot myself, he said. Uh, well, he didn't. Uh, and now he's on trial. So there you go. After ma- multiple failed attempts to bring justice or bring Robert Durst to justice, this finally might be the one that works. I don't know. This man successfully got out of uh, killing his neighbor, chopping up his body, and dumping the remains uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. So. Anything's possible. Anything's possible when you're Robert Durst. No, you don't understand. I said they think that I would do it. Yeah. Because the handwriting is identical. (laughs) Many identifying marks within the handwriting. It is exactly the same handwriting, including the same typographic errors. (laughs) Spelling misspellings. (laughs) (laughs) He fucking did it. Does it sound, do I seem guilty when I start having uh, involuntary spasms and uh, gastric reflux uh, symptoms right when you point out evidence that I did this thing? Also, like, or maybe I said it very softly. He did, the admission was very soft. And the microphones that HBO is using on this is like, yeah, if this were at all true, just review the audio with a, a an expert in audio recordings and just go look for any uh, soft-spoken things in that. Yeah. The craziest thing about that audio is it took them, like, months. Because, like, that was just, like, some, you know, they, they had hours of footage. Yeah, that, like, logging that footage. Was, yeah, that was just the part they, they, they go through, like, fast forward. And because at like, the time, people were, like, justifiably upset that uh, it, it seemingly this was held for a big reveal as a finale. And it, and it was. But it wasn't like yeah, known, they, they had found it, it wasn't known months or years. Yeah, they had found it towards the end of post production, completely by accident. Like they just like accidentally paused at this point. Because yeah, when you're creating the documentary, you're like, oh, he's using the bathroom. He comes back. You have yeah. no idea yeah, what you're you just said skipping on it. Through Unless some guy's literally sitting on the cans, and then it's that guy's fault. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I remember when he admitted to the killing. <laughs> hey, log that. Yeah, I forgot to log that. <laughs> Put it on the log sheet. Uh, anyways, uh, hopefully he goes to jail for the rest of his very short life. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like extremely old. something years old. So Yeah. Um, anyways, that's it for today's episode. Uh, if you haven't watched the most recent episode of uh, Weekly Weird News, be sure to check that out. Uh, some vital information about uh, touching fentanyl in there. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you or a member of your family is in the, uh, the police, you're going to want to watch this very special episode. Could save your life. <laughs> Could save their life, yes. Uh, and also watch the most recent episode of News Dump. Check both of those out. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Comment to engage. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.